The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. My cat Rachel is the silliest cat I know. One time, she played inside a paper bag for three hours. What a mystery. But I'm glad her health isn't. Thanks to the color-changing litter from Fresh Step Crystal's health monitoring litter. This premium color-changing litter has pH-activated crystals that can help me detect potential illness early. That makes it easy for me to stay on top of her health and well-being. I may not understand all of Rachel's silly quirks, but I can keep up with the important things. Find Fresh Step Crystals Health Monitoring Litter at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Ask me, ask Eliza anything. It's time to ask. Ask me all your questions. Leave them in the Instagram comment section. Leave them on your Twitter or leave them on your Facebook. We'll see them. So, you know, we're well into it. How's your 2023 going? Oh, boy. I had a splitting headache earlier today, so I've watched two movies, and I'm going to watch a third after this. I'm just sitting in the dark. I mean, it kind of takes away, like, sometimes I don't like to watch episodes of Frasier that are too far back in the 90s, because then I feel too removed. Like, sometimes when I watch shows, like, when I watch The Office, and I'm like, okay, he has an iPhone. Then, like, I'm like, all right, we're still contemporary. So, I hate to tell people, we're we're shooting this episode... Uh, on New Year's Day, because I'm actually in Iceland right now in the future, yes. which is when you're listening to this. But I will tell you, New Year's Eve was spent with it raining, like just pouring rain, super dreary outside. Stayed in with Noah, ate a bunch of food, not mad mm. about it. Finally got to use up some of that caviar. It was a gift. <laughs> okay. And we watched in Bruges. <laughs> Uh, I finally watched Banshees of Inishirin last night. So, so good. Now I can catch up to our conversation from seven episodes ago. Yeah. Well, we'll have it on a separate podcast. But today, it's just been really like cold and, and pretty, but rainy. And I just think it's a nice way to like ease in to 2023. It's not that LA like today's 90 and there's traffic. It's like nice and easy. And uh, I'm loving it so far. I, I saw this thing. It was something like, it wasn't about like no bad days, but it was like, don't have any like dread days. It The term wasn't dread days, but it was this idea of like, try to schedule as few things in your life that you don't look forward to. Like, yes, you have to go to the dentist. Yes, you have things to get done. But like, especially when it comes to press, the amount of things I schedule and like, as I get closer, I'm like, I really don't want to do this. Try to mitigate the amount of things, even if it's hanging out with a friend and you're like, I really don't want to go, then don't. Like you, life is too short and weird. We should be looking forward to things, especially if you work hard. Like there's no reason to be like, oh, I've got to go to this thing. Then don't. And and don't expect them to go to your thing. And then we won't have a podcast. <laughs> I will say I have a friend who whenever I say like, oh, I'm dreading doing this. He's always like, well, then why are you doing it? And it's always kind of like, I don't, I feel like I have to, I have to see this person. I have to do this thing. Men don't 
understand it. Like I'm largely talking to the women because guys are just like, it's whatever. And it's always women that get into it with each other about fertility or children or friends. And guys are like, oh, so be more like a guy, more low lifts, more convers. It's so funny. I went to a party a couple of weeks ago and it was a couple. It's my friends. Sorry. It's my husband's friend and his now wife. And they're, and they're cool. Like, I don't know them that well. Within 90 seconds of me sitting her, she was like, I want to have a baby. What should I do? And he and my husband are like, yeah, I'm thinking maybe we'll go to Fiji. Like they were just on <laughs> talking about like local restaurants. And she's like, so what doctor? Like get into it. Women don't have the luxury of having those like cavalier, like what kind of explosive is best conversations. But honestly, they're fucking boring. So I don't know. Just more of what you want in this year. Less of other, just less, less following, less internet engagement, less everything. More soft, more soft living, less phone. I went to a party just now down the block. It didn't even bring my phone. Didn't care. Like it's oh. one thing to check your phone compulsively. It's another thing on like a day off to be like, what's my email? Like why? So you can get like an email from Sears. Yeah. For your 50% I mean, I just- our coupon. My carpal tunnel is back, I think, from my compulsive phone checking. I literally just picked up a new. I couldn't find my other braces. I just took this off to record. Can I say that you are the kind of person that wears a wrist brace? I know. It's so shameful. Oh, God. I don't think it does anything either, but. Like, you're the person with, like, the decked out cubicle. You are (laughs) Jamie Lee Curtis from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Like, you have, like, the admin utility hand. Like, wrist is braced up. Pencils have the bumpers on them, throat lozenge, <laughs> ready to do some work. 100%. And I'd be like, please do your taxes correctly. Please. Otherwise, I'm going to have to get in there and get real turned on, widening these margins. Oh, pay for work. <laughs> Folks, it's time for some real brutal advice. And I give you the advice that I would follow. And in some <gasps> cases, I give, you, I give you the advice that I would like to think I would follow. Yes. Okay. I think I'm going to be meaner in 2023. I think that's what I need. Like okay. less, just more like, what did you mean by that? Like just more like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. People like more kindness. I'm like, no, you've all had a pass for too long. You swat at me, I'm swatting back. Let's get petty in 2023. Take it. Hi, AIA crew. My name is Katie and I am a 32-year-old female with a master's degree and I have a hard choice that I will have to make very soon. The decision I will need to make is to either stay in my hometown of West Palm Beach, Florida, which I recently Leave. returned to. You got to go. It's, you're the only one. There's no young people there. You got to go. It's so expensive and you're going to get cocooned. So just go. Or move back to Denver, Colorado in June this year. I moved to Denver back in 2015 for a job. I quickly met my now ex-fiance after I moved. We dated for five years and got engaged on our fifth anniversary, which is back in November 2020. We moved in together in February 2021, and I broke off the engagement in September 2021. Why did I break off the engagement? Addiction, alcohol specifically, is a hell of a disease. I realized that despite begging for him to get help, that would never happen. After I ended the relationship, I was devastated and thought my time in Denver was over. I wanted to be near my close-knit friend group who I've known since high school during this painful time, so I moved back to Florida. However, in the six months between ending my relationship and moving back, I started to enjoy my life in Denver again. I was making new friends and taking advantage of all this How'd incredible you do? I thought you moved back to Florida. Offer. I think she's, she's saying 
she planned to move back. And while she was like prepping everything okay, to you move back, fun. she was like, crap, I like it here. Great. So here's my dilemma. I love my friend group in Florida. I'm potentially leaving this little community feels impossible. However, I believe our hometown is not where I'm meant to be and never will be. Denver seemed to fit my lifestyle and personality more. Also, I feel like my journey in Colorado is unfinished. I want to explore that more. My question is, should I stay or should I go? Do I stay in Florida because of the community, even though I don't feel my hometown is where I'm supposed to be? Or do I take the gamble with moving back to Denver after my lease is up to give my life there a second chance? P.S. I read your book, All Things Aside, and the chapter on where the hot men are is so accurate. Thank you. There are a lot of handsome men heading out, heading to the mountains every weekend in Colorado. Yes, thank you. So you're a single girl and you're like, should I move to West Palm Beach, Florida, where everyone is Italian, Jewish, and married and old? Or should I go to Denver where everyone's hot and single and doing cool shit? You know this answer. Always, also, not always, also, West Palm Beach will always be there. Your friend group will always be there. Your history with them will always be there. And you will live there. You'll turn 40 and you'll be like, oh, now my knees don't work. I can't go back to Denver. Go back to Denver. You got a little butt hurt because the guy that you were with, you know, like that didn't work out. But you're allowing that one bad thing, which is awful. Like that's a huge thing to happen to break off an engagement. You're allowing that to sort of shape your future. You don't want to go to West Palm Beach, Florida and like go to like a blue martini and like hang out with your married friends. You want to go to Denver and enjoy your lifestyle. And if it doesn't suit you, you can always move home. Home's not going anywhere. Go to Denver, be young, like engage in their outdoor scene, get you a black lab named Bailey and just start doing serious hiking. Be like my tour manager who fucking broke like both of her knees snowboarding and had to do my tour on like a little wheelie, like unicycle wheelchair. So yeah. get in there. The way get this person wrote their question, they very clearly want to be in Denver. They're like, oh, all, Denver's the best. All these great things are Denver, but also my friends are in Florida. Fuck your friends. And you know what? They'll come visit. And by the way, your friends, I'm just going to say this to you, and this is no tea, no shade. When your friends get married and when your friends have kids, they have a lot less time for their single friend. So here you are and you will have moved there for them. Unless you're all just going to be like single forever and hang out. But I don't think that's what people in Florida do. You're going to move there for them and you will very start. What is wrong with me today? Okay, I had a sip of champagne earlier. So what? Uh, you will very soon start to realize like, oh, you're like, you made this decision because of them and they do not factor you in. That doesn't mean they don't yeah. love you, but like life happens. So bet on yourself and what will make you happy. You can always go home. That's what I said and I meant it. Adventure mm -hmm. time. As soon as the lease is up, it's adventure time. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already 
stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza. I'm busy and this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around and I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Anonymous, I was talking with a friend about my new job and how it has a better work-life balance than previous. Than my previous. I said, it's so nice to actually get to have a bit of a life. She responded with a raised eyebrow and a smirk and said, ooh, tell me about this life you're having. We'd just been talking about the fact that I volunteer a lot. I'd started a fitness class I'm really excited about, and I've been making good money at my side hustle. So I said, what do you mean? I just mentioned all the stuff I've been doing. She then said, oh, I thought you meant an actual life, like a guy or something. I pushed back and said that having fun hobbies and spending my free time helping people was was having a life. And she said, sure, I guess if you include all of that. It's been a few weeks since this happened, but I'm still really annoyed about it. For context, I am 28 and I have never really dated. I've just always had other things in my life that took priority and never met anyone who was worth becoming a priority for me. This isn't the first time I've been judged for not being more social. I'm an introvert and most of the time I'd rather be home with my cat than anything else. I have a good job. I love volunteering at the animal shelter and working with domestic violence victims. And they are both things I'm really passionate about. 
And while I'm not the most social, I make a point to go to shows or events a few times a month with friends and travel a few times a year. I have a simple life, but I've worked really hard to get to a point where everything I do isn't about working to exhaustion because I don't have a choice, which is why I found this interaction really offensive. This friend doesn't have a boyfriend or a super active social life that it makes sense for her to judge me. In fact, she only really does stuff when I invite her to them. But my question really isn't about the friend, but my reaction to her comments. If I am so annoyed at being told I don't have a life and feeling like I need to defend myself, maybe there is some insecurity that I'm not doing enough. What do you think Mm -hmm. having a life really looks like at this age? And do you think I'm holding myself back in any way? Thank you. I think you hit the nail right on the head because- as you were saying it, I was like, you're insecure about something. Otherwise, this wouldn't bother you. And I think I just, because this is what normal, quote unquote, you know, 28-year-old girls like do want a boyfriend, a girlfriend. Like it is normal to want to put yourself out there and date. So I wonder, and some people are introverts, but I wonder, and I'm just putting this out there, if there is something where you're like, well, I probably won't meet anyone. So I'm just going to distract myself with all this. That being said, like you could really love this stuff, but the fact that she said it bothered you and you have to really deep down ask why you felt judged. And do you feel judged because you're like, no, I said that these things were fulfilling. I need you to believe me. She's however, judging you because of her own insecurities. She wants a boyfriend. She wants like, she probably sees a life as something else. But at the end of the day, it doesn't even matter what she wants or what she sees. You have to be comfortable enough in your life to be like, well, I like it. Or say to her, be like, that's, are you trying to make me feel bad? Like, where did that come from? But your friends are going to say things that don't make you feel great sometimes. And sometimes you just got to swallow it because you are steadfast in the fact that you're happy with what you're doing. If someone's like, stand up, is that a way to make a living? I'd be like, yeah, it is. Now get out of my stretch Hummer Uber. (laughs) this person's life is very fulfilling they're going to multiple events a month they're seeing friends they're traveling multiple times a year they have two different volunteer positions in addition to a full-time job like i mean it can be active yeah yeah it can be full and it can be filled without being fulfilling like Mm, you could be very busy as a way to distract yourself or you genuinely love this stuff and the boyfriend thing just is not at the front of your mind for whatever reason, I think that there's a kernel of something there. But the next time she says something like that, be like, I like what's going on. But I would first get right with yourself. Cause I think you're smart to be like, what's bothering me about that? Is it that she's questioning you or is it that there's something there that you don't want to talk about? Well, this friend is clearly an idiot. I mean, and this Your friend's I, also dumb. Yeah. She's really dumb. I just think about the fact I mean, it, it was, God, was it, how much, however many years ago it was, whenever I got, whenever I, my first year of college, someone else who had gone to my high school kept asking to hang out and we had not really hung out before and she was not adjusting well and not to brag, but I really crushed it in college. And then I found out that she was telling all these people from our high school that I was not adjusting well. Like basically everything that was she was going through, she just said it was about me. And I didn't know Ew. any of those people, so it didn't affect me anyway. But I still think about it years later. It's so like, weird. What a weird thing her. to do. People project. She's got her own yeah. shit, but it seems like you do too. That being said, like if this is making you happy, because you did add a lot of context in this. You're like, here are all the things that I do. You are allowed at 28 to be figuring out what your balance is. Good for you for not wanting to burn yourself out. You are allowed to spend all of your time with your boyfriend and make mistakes. You are allowed to only do charity. Like you are allowed to be figuring out now what balance looks like for you. And it's not gonna look the same for anyone else and never fucking forget Mm -hmm. 
your life, your success, your happiness, like as long as you are enjoying it. Like I like to check my phone for two to three hours <laughs> and then I make up a song about my dog and then I rearrange my closet. And that is very calming to me. And I don't care what other people think about it because I promise you no one else is doing any better. Everybody's lying. So figure out, this is the time in your life to be figuring out and be a little imbalanced. Mm. You're good. You're good. With or without yeah. her, you're good. Anonymous. I am nine. It's me, the New Year's dove. All right. No one says New Year's anymore. It's, it's the 11th. Hi, team. I have a situation. My workplace has become quite toxic and are overworking me, booking me way too many dogs. I'm a groomer and commenting on my weight, constantly promoting, quote, high school skinny. Obviously, I decided to move on since my body and mind were deteriorating due to the environment and the heavy workload. So Who's I attempted- like, you're, listen, you're a dog groomer. You need to be thin. That's what we expect of dog groomers. When you're brushing out that poodle coat, you got to have toned abs. So you got to be thick to what? hold those like bull mastiffs down while you shave yeah. them. You got to <laughs> bathe a Kanye Corso, whatever those dogs are called. I attempted to quit, giving a whole month's notice. I even told them I was moving out of state so they couldn't try and convince me to stay. I'm not, though. It was a lie because I'm afraid of them. Their response oh to this was to tell me that they needed me for at least three more months and then I could move no. in with my manager when my lease was up. What? This would mean my wife and my pets would have to move to another state without me while I live in a tiny home with a person who constantly demeans me. What I is happening? I told them this probably wouldn't work for that reason. And they proceeded to tell me that they invested a lot in me. And I really need to consider the option they presented because leaving would screw them over. I'm not sure how to handle this. I just want out. Thank you for any input you can give. <laughs> you What? What? First of all, you are working somewhere super toxic. Is this a guy or a girl? This is a girl, I believe. Let me look at the you profile. You gave what is like legal. It's not even legally required. You gave a month's girl. notice. Sounds like these people. I mean, did they pay for you to go to like dog grooming school? It doesn't matter. I don't think you sign mm. anything with them. I'm scared about this like human trafficking of like move in with the owner. Send your family so away. Weird. This is weird. You have to. This is a big lesson for you. Hey, my last day will be May 31st. And then you block. You get that last paycheck and you are done. There's no more discussion. And you don't make up a lie. You'd be like, this job isn't for me anymore. Like you need to be okay. They were very okay making you uncomfortable or you're being overly sensitive and they didn't say anything. I don't know. But it's not even about that. This is a lesson in they're getting what they want and you have to fight for what you want. Hi, thank you so much for this opportunity. My last day will be this day. Any questions can go through my manager and publicist. Isn't that what normal people have? <laughs> Managers and publicists? I wonder what the wife is saying when this person comes home from their dog grooming job. They're like, sorry, honey, they're going to make me move in with them and I can't quit. Like, what do yeah, you tell? That like part I don't even understand, but that's a weird length to go through. I mean, unless they really did pay for your like four years of college and dog grooming school. But this sounds very manipulative. Hold on a second. What? Okay, Noah has a question from Bethica in Wisconsin. She yeah. was just trying to figure out if she's trying to learn how to cook but doesn't know how to do it and is really kind of confronted by the eternal question of what am I supposed to eat? What's the best way to try to handle that? And is there anything they can do to find a way to handle that? In the yeah, future? Bethica, the answer is you should eat less and quit bothering your wife who's doing a podcast. <laughs> Wait, I mixed those two. At first it was me and then it was you. I didn't mean it. It was just a joke. 
<laughs> For what? Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I didn't know we were talking about your cookbook. C- come here. Come here. Sorry. Bethica, let me hand you over to a master. <laughs> I have stitch in my <sighs> Bethica, if you are not really into cooking and you want to get into it, you don't know what to cook, I suggest you purchase the Don't Panic Pantry cookbook, which is out in a few weeks. Suggest you buying it. What from day is an- it out? It's out January 31st. You can get it at any, I don't, I don't know how to answer that. Where do you get it? Besides Amazon. You can get it at any independent book booksellers, but go to Noah's Instagram page at Galuten, G-A-L-U-T-E-N. And he's got the link there, but it is a beautiful cookbook. Well, stick it at the end. I'm in the middle of giving advice. Get out of here. <laughs> this is, this episode brought to you by my husband harassing my dog. And to the girl with, I'm doing a podcast. Get out of here. <laughs> Back to the dog girl. You are, listen, dog girl, you are in a weird, like abusive, toxic. This sounds like you're in like a weird relationship with a guy that like negs you, okay? You're done. You need to be a big girl and be like, I'm quitting these days and then just be done. Block, delete, get that last paycheck and be done. You owe them nothing. That is a business owner's issue, not yours. You are an employee, not their friend, not their indentured servant. You don't owe them anything. So sack up. Dalmatian sack up, unneutered pit bull sack up. Get in there. Let's stand up for yourself. Hi, Liz and Emily. My name is Adrian. I'm a 50-year-old male who was recently released from prison after five and a half years of incarceration in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice for a crime that I did not commit, and I'm still fighting while on parole. I have severe PTSD. But not not actually fighting because that will get you sent back to prison. No. Okay. Severe PTSD, I'm seeing a therapist and would like to start dating. I don't know how and when I should tell people about the PTSD. I get nervous around too many people in too loud an area. Therapy is helping, but I'm really wanting to share a meaningful relationship with that special someone again. I have a ton of support from family and I'm grateful to them, but I long to hold a woman again and feel loved again. Any advice? Love your show and podcast. They've gotten me through some really dark times. Thanks for listening. Well, Adrian, that's like one of my favorite names. Um, Let's say you didn't do it. And let's say your PTSD is from being in prison. First of all, of course, you're going to go to therapy for that, which is not something that I can help you with. But I think being upfront without overloading people is important. So, you know, putting as much as you're comfortable with without lying in the profile. And these, this is, these are um, very typical signs of PTSD. You don't want to be somewhere loud and you get uncomfortable. A lot of people go through this. So you just say it on the first date. And at 50, by the way, I don't know a lot of women that are like, got to go to Megadeth and drinks at the Blue Martini. See you in Florida. You know? So you be upfront because you want someone that loves you for you. And you want someone that can do the things that you want to do. So, you know, you don't have to put, I have PTSD in my dating profile. What do you think, Emily? I think that you don't, you don't put it on your profile, but when you start messaging with someone before you meet with them, you don't like, put what hey, on your profile, we... the prison. Yeah. Don't like, cause he's asking, when should I tell people I have PTSD? I don't think it needs to be like part of how you introduce yourself. But no. it's maybe if you start talking to someone to set up a date, you could be like, look, I'm, oof. do you even think that it should be like that? Like, Hey, let's grab a coffee somewhere quiet. I'm, I'm dealing yeah, with it PTSD. It could be in your profile can be like, I enjoy like quiet nights. I enjoy getting coffee. Like put in their low profile things. 
like mm, mellow okay. things because somebody that like loves to go to clubs is probably not going to want to get like a quiet coffee and like read poetry to each other. Mm-hmm. No, but I'm complex. How can you say that? I love room. So put that on there. And then when the person's like, I love quiet coffee too. And you'd be like, hey, I just want to be up front. I have a little bit of PTSD. And then maybe on the date you can share that you were in prison. And maybe if if you're a good guy and they start to know, you know, maybe your story is a, wow, really wrong place, wrong time. You know, only you can do that. But set yourself up so that you are coming to the table with the best chance. But I say, and also like the PTSD thing isn't anything to be ashamed of, but like Mm. somebody that likes you maybe a couple dates in, if you're like, I have PTSD. So therefore I don't do these things. It sounds like it would be no sweat. I don't know how bad it is. And I don't know if it's like, oh, in a movie theater, you get this way, but maybe on the first date and put in your profile things that will attract the kind of person that you want to be with. And please don't say the touch of a woman. No. Um, You also said you have a very supportive family. Like they're really there for you. Have a woman in your family look at your profile as well. Just just get another set of eyes on it. Just to listen to me. Do not hold up a dead fish of any kind. In your profile, don't wear wraparound sunglasses. Don't uh, post a picture of you with any of the guys from Workaholics. I don't want to see a picture of you with any other women. Uh, with like we don't 15 wanna, women at a frat party. We don't want to see... Okay, he's 50. I also don't want to see a picture of inanimate objects or nature. Like, it has to be you. And it's okay to take a picture. Don't have, like, a picture that a cousin took at like one Thanksgiving and it's like blurry. Mm-hmm. You can also just put like one or two pictures. You could even have one be your mugshot and be like, I'll explain. <laughs> Some women are into that. So, but uh, nothing of you holding a dead animal. If you have a dog, that's great. Or a cat, even better. Women are like, oh my God, and he's caring for a feline. Um, so yeah, and have a woman, have a young woman look at it. Yeah. Okay. Good luck, Adrian. Good luck. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, "Mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, a few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. 
Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Go to bolinbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, Eliza, hoping you would help me out with a holiday gathering personal issue. Now, this question was caught in the Instagram spam filter, which is why we're also directing people to askelizapodcast at gmail.com. But you can keep DMing. I will read them. They just might not be as timely. Okay, but we're still going to answer it. It's still a good question. My brother, his wife and kids have been basically non-existent in our family for almost eight years. There's the occasional birthday text and holiday parentheses, fake, happy, blah, blah, love and miss you. But other than that, he has made zero effort to stay in contact or attend any family functions to the point where if I text, hey, coming through your town for work, or I saw on Instagram, so-and-so started kindergarten, how's it going? He and his wife simply don't reply at all. The whole family is almost always left on red by those two. My mother has been in denial about this for quite some time and begged him to come to family Christmas this year. He agreed only if she would pay for his family to come. Otherwise, he was not planning to come, despite constantly telling my mom that, quote, next year will happen. My mom was so excited. She paid for all their flights for an Airbnb and is going over the top about my brother and his kids this, my brother and his kids that. One of my brother's kids is six. When I told my mom that I wasn't excited to see him or his family due to being burned and neglected, she simply responded with, we have to make this Christmas perfect, so he'll want to come back. It's all about him and his six-year-old because at that age, Christmas is magic, so get over your personal feelings. Okay. My question. I don't want to be fake over the holidays and originally planned to just stay with my kid, which is their first Christmas, by the way, and she could care less, and spouse kind of in the corner to not cause drama and just let them do their thing. However, I know my mother, and she's going to push and push and push for us to be involved. So the reason I'm still doing this question, this is about Christmas specifically, but this is an overarching relationship question. But they say, right. how do I stay out of the way? But if I get dragged into something, how do I essentially stay true to my own feelings without causing major Christmas drama? Now, here's the here's the eternally relevant question. It has also been hard not to tell my mom what a second-class child she makes me feel like, considering my brother literally doesn't care about her. Appreciate your advice. Hopefully, I'll see you in Seattle in 2023. God, that's so rough because, like, your mother— like sees him as this golden child who she doesn't like it's special because he neglects her and that's her child and she loves him. And moms do this sometimes with boys where like the boy can do no wrong. It's also bullshit because you have a baby and it's like their first Christmas, which is special for you, not the baby who doesn't know what's going on. Like you said, you got, I wonder what's at the, at the root of that. Like he should be so embarrassed 
that like his mom had to pay for everything. I mean, this already happened, but like I would just hang back. You can be cordial without being overly warm. It is not on you to entertain this brother. You can be nice. You can say hi, have a chat. Maybe you'll see that it's the wife or that's the problem or the husband's kind of a pill. But anything that you do is because of your mom and you guys are, you're reacting to how much he hurt you. So it costs you nothing to just be there, hang back. You can enjoy the holiday with your husband and just sort of guard yourself. Well, you don't have to so we've give. Gotten, <laughs> oh, we have an update. Great. No, we've oh. gotten through the holiday. So let's talk about the fact that she doesn't want to tell her mom she feels like a second class citizen or he. Well, you, I don't know he, who the question asked. It'll be is. hard for your mom to hear, especially with the like leave on red things. Like that's a different, it's a generational thing. Like you would die before you're like, hey, why didn't you write back to my text? And my parents would be like, you never wrote back to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, um, you should first of all tell your mom how you feel. And you should be like, I am the one that's here. I am the one that does stuff. And he is too self-absorbed and rude and you're in denial. And now you're putting it on me. You definitely owe it to her to say how she's making you feel and how you do feel. Um, will you please let us know how your Christmas went? Your brother just sounds like he's, I hate to say this term, but I never say it. And I don't want to vilify the wife. I think it's two things. One is either pussy whipped. I hate to say it. And the wife is like, I hate your fucking family. Or he just like doesn't have a great relationship with his mom and he's kind of a brat. Like what kind of man is like, you need to pay for us. That's so atrocious. The other part of me is like, blow it wide open and scare him away at Christmas. But your mom is the issue here because your mom is in denial. So the first step in that wake up call is you being like, hey, you're not being cool to me. You want a good relationship with your mom independent of any feelings either of you have about your brother. Yeah, it should be you and your mom versus him. Like, hey, me and mom really tried to make this nice. What's your problem? Mm-hmm. Something's wrong. He, there's something your brother's holding against your mom or he's just a fuckhead. Yeah, he's not worth it. But it sucks that your mom is doesn't care about you and your kid and your husband. Yeah. Ugh. I have to know more. I have to know what's up with this brother and what kind of a man is like paying for all of us. Your poor mom. And the Airbnb. Ew, that's so gross. Ew. <laughs> please, please let us know how that was. Ugh. Hi, Eliza, Emily, and gang. I love the paw. I look forward to it every Wednesday. Emily, I want to offer my condolences about Gracie and Eliza. Congratulations on the new baby. It's <laughs> not so new anymore. Well, can I just say one more thing about the other thing? Yeah. That is so shitty. And I have relatives like that, like on a group text who just never answer. And I have to be honest, I'll have relatives that are like, well, they're just low key. I'm like, no, you're fucking rude. So when this relative does write back stuff, I just don't respond. Like I don't respond to any of the texts. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like we're all young enough to know how this works. And if you're too cool, then I certainly sure as shit don't care about anything you want to share at this point. Like, I don't have to suffer through you being an idiot. And then it's like, oh, good, you're online. Glory be. I think I did figure out a piece of it, though, because sometimes when I'll text one of my parents, like, they just won't reply to the text, but they'll reply to other texts. And I've realized, I think some parents have the text size on their, like, weird Android flip phones so big that messages get bumped up and they only ever see the most recent message. No, this kid's not responding and like not calling. No, this kid is not part of the problem, but older relatives. brother's a spoiled brat. Yeah, well, that's what, we can't offer a seminar on text a kit for (laughs) the boomer generation. Okay. Okay. 
Uh, hi, Liza Emily Gang. Big fan for quite some time. Looking forward to seeing you perform when you return to the East Coast. I am 27 female, engaged in my fiance, 29 male. We are privately eloping in two weeks, and I have yet to inform my father that we are even engaged. Mm. For some backstory, my father is an alcoholic who has bullied me and abused me my entire life. Oy. His threatening texts never surprised me over the years. And finally, I put my foot down and cut off all contact about four months ago. Should I tell him that I'm getting married? I understand that alcoholism is a disease, but I have forgiven him so many times that eventually he comes full circle and sends me more threatening texts. Do I reach out? Does he even deserve that? Do I tell his side of the family I'm engaged? Thanks. Oh, this doesn't have to be anonymous. This is Hannah. Hey, Hannah. Uh, get those gifts. What up, Hannah? Let everybody knows. Let everybody know we're getting eloped. We're doing this. Getting married. But it's also like, are they going to react poorly? Are they nice people? I mean, I'm joking. Like, don't do it just for the gifts. But, you know... A new blender is not a bad thing. I can't answer for you about your dad. I do know, we all know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. So I guess the question is, I, I think you do want to tell him because you're even asking because he's your dad and that's a normal thing to want, but you just, it sounds like you're prepared for him to give you a terrible reaction. So you have to ask yourself, do you want more of the same? And what's what's the reason for reaching out? I, I can't tell you what to do, but it's like you almost want to cut your losses and not do it. You almost, you're hoping that you'll reach him on a good day and he'll be like, I'm so happy for you. I love you. I'm sorry. But even if he did that, would you be okay with everything? You have to ask yourself best case scenario and worst case scenario. And are you okay with both or do they matter? But I think the fact that you're even asking means that you do want to at least tell him. And there's nothing to be... So you tell him and he says something awful. At least that way you were expecting it. And he might surprise you. I, I guess in the end, I did tell you what to do. I worry that it opens a door to communication with him. If she cut him off four months ago and he sends her harassing text, I worry that reaching out to him now restarts you could always that mute cycle. It. You could always mute it. It's cool that you're wearing your wrist brace now, Emily. I put uh, it on halfway through. I mean, some people, like it sound, it actually sounds like you're not done um, or maybe you need to be done for a little bit longer or maybe you were done for enough. I have a very good friend whose dad is not an alcoholic, but was like weird and abusive. And she straight up just did not invite him to her wedding. She didn't look back. She didn't think about it. She was just like, I'm done. So you have to just ask yourself, like, when are you going to be done? Maybe you're not done. Or maybe four months was enough. And maybe it was just enough for you to forget how shitty he is. I think it's more likely that. Because the truth is he should be the one reaching out to you. Let it, you know, because then you run the risk. Like if I tell my, his side of the family and he finds out, will he get mad? You kind of have to be okay with him getting mad. I can't unpack that for you. You tell the his side of the family if they're people that you want to know. Like maybe you still like your grandpa or your aunt or whoever. Or, yeah, maybe you still want a gift card from Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> Not that you have to ask for one because they're always in your mailbox. 30%. What kind of a business model is that? 20% Fucking, of all the It's time. called like a blitzkrieg. It's just like flood them and someone will say, yes. I mean, we're talking about it now, even though I can't remember the last time I was at a Bed Bath & Beyond. Super sale. Hi, Eliza and Emily. I love listening to your podcast. It makes me laugh while I do chores around the house and helps release the stress from a day of teaching in Florida. Oof, Jesus. I am a 40-something hetero female, married. I'm a teacher with two kids, oldest is a teenager. My husband and I have been together since our mid-20s. He never lived on his own until we moved in together. Before that, it was with his mom. He always has had trouble communicating. He had speech issues as a kid, which I think factored in. 
Also, if this matters, she was the first person I had sex with. I did plenty of other things in college, but was just waiting for someone special. She's like, I get plenty of hand jobs. (laughs) Trust me. After being together for 15 years, I understand how he reacts to things or doesn't react to things. But over the last few years, we've been drifting apart. Also, not being intimate with each other except special occasions. Like St. Patrick's Day? (laughs) (laughs) He went to therapy himself four years ago. I don't know if he actually went. It was supposedly covered through work and he admitted he skipped some sessions. Then we tried virtual couples therapy during the pandemic. The therapist agreed with me about the issues we were having and then spent three to four issues just three to four sessions just talking to my husband without me. So things were okay for a bit. We're a bit closer, but nothing like I wanted. I know one of my issues is my husband's weight. He gained some weight after each of the kids, which annoyed me because I would lose all my baby weight, but he kept his. So over a decade later, he he was putting on weight and is now almost 100 pounds overweight. His weight not only makes me feel less attracted to him, but also makes me think he doesn't care about his health and being here for me and the kids. It's not just his weight, it's his selfishness, his lack of presence in our family and relationship. He never notices issues with the kids or with me. He acts like a 21-year-old child just doing what he wants. He went and bought a new car, then lied about getting the car, saying he was testing it for the weekend. I called total bullshit. So not only did that show he does what he wants, but that he lies. He's always on his phone at dinner, family functions, not even talking to his kids about their day. These are things the therapist talked to him about and talked to me about how to help him with these things. So it's almost two years later. He's back in his rut of disconnect. Now he has a bad cholesterol problem. I've done digital therapy myself. And of course, my therapist won't suggest what to do about the marriage. My friends just say, you need to be happy. Question is, do I try couples therapy again or do we separate? I keep thinking maybe if we had a better therapist. Any advice? Uh, I don't know why. (laughs) Yeah, you need, your husband is having, is depressed and having a midlife crisis. You also do need a new therapist. You also need different friends. And you can put it to him like this. If not for me, for the kids, I want you to be around at 50. I want you to be around at 60. Here are the things that are upsetting me. Maybe put it in a letter and be like, we need to make a major change or I think we're headed for splitting up. Give him the option because it sounds like if he could make these changes, but you're talking about, forget the weight for a second. Like you are talking about like, fundamental neurological changes in the way that he processes info and thinks and talks to you and takes responsibility. A lot of this can be rooted in weight gain. He probably feels really bad about himself. Like whatever you're thinking, he probably already feels these things and it's being exacerbated and covered up. So I think you have to have a true come to Jesus with him and be like, I'm at my wits end and we need to change. I love you. And I want you to be here and I'm willing to help you, but I can't go on like this. You have to put it in black and white terms, not, I really wish you. When you do, when you're at dinner, it makes, this is all connected. He's disconnected because he's unhappy too. And you have to be comfortable with having that, like, what are we going to do here? And start with- I'm wondering what's up with the parenting. Like she's saying, look, the the weight gain and the- intimacy and all that is connected, but when it, they have two kids and it sounds like he's not an active father. He doesn't ask yeah. about their day. Was he ever? Because if he was never, like, cut your losses. Like, if he was never a good dad and one of your kids is a teen now, like, what are you working towards? But if there was something, a high point you're trying to work your way back to, then it might be yeah. worth trying to salvage. Do you want to save this or is it just because you don't want to get divorced? And I, I get that that's also powerful because, like, being a single parent is tough. I don't know how old these kids are. 
what do you want? Do you want to snap your fingers and have it go back to how it was like Emily's talking about? Do you want to snap your fingers and have them be different? Do you want to snap your fingers and cut your losses? I think you need to get clear on what you want and then Mm -hmm. see if he can help you work toward that. But you might just be beating a dead fat horse. A dead 100 pound overweight horse that texts at dinner with his hooves. In the Matilda musical, one of the children has a fat suit. Jesus Christ. All right. What? What? Is it the? <laughs> it's like a seven-year-old kid with like what looks like just a pillow. It's so distracting. It's I strange. a career goal of mine is playing the Trunchbull one day in a remake fifty years from now. <gasps> oh my god! I'd that be so would, good as the so good. I'd be so good in any role. That would be really great to book fucking anything. Kick it. Eliza, <laughs> <laughs> Emily, mysterious hot Scotty, Sierra, Tianfu, and those no longer with us but still in our hearts. I'm a longtime listener, <laughs> but haven't had any major drama I needed help with until now. I'm a 28-year-old female. Last night, my boyfriend, 27-year-old male, invited some college friends over to go out to dinner. I didn't go to the same college as them, but have become friends with everyone through my boyfriend over the last two years. Matt, these are all aliases. Kevin, both 27-year-old males, and an engaged couple. Fred, who my boyfriend went to elementary school with, and Leah, they're all 27. All met at our house. Fred was having problems at work and ran late. Once everyone was here, we chose two cars to take to the restaurant. My boyfriend hopped in a truck with Kevin, and Matt and I got in the backseat of Fred and Leah's car. We were all chatting, (laughs) chatting, and suddenly Leah started to yell out. Matt chatted something, and I said, holy fucking shit, Fred, as I smashed into the back of his seat. He hadn't (gasps) seen a stop car and slammed on the brakes moments before hitting us. None of us were critiquing his driving or complaining once he came to a stop. We just had initial reactions when we were about to hit the other car. Once the car was stopped, Fred yelled with the most horrifying, guttural, aggressive voice I have ever heard. Maybe if you would all stop fucking screaming. Leah said, God, Fred. And Matt and I just exchanged shocked, sheepish looks. When we pulled into the restaurant a moment later, Fred got out of the car, slammed the door, and had a terrifying serial killer level snapped look on his face. As the night went on, we all somewhat ignored what happened Fred partially apologized to Matt by saying he'd had a bad day at work and took it out on us, but nothing was mentioned to me, and Leah said she was still waiting for an apology. When we got back to our house, everyone drove off except Matt, who was dying to discuss what happened with my boyfriend and I, and said that it it was a side of Fred he'd never seen before. My boyfriend wasn't in the car, but Matt and I did our best to describe how truly terrifying and awful it was. I didn't hear from Fred's fiance Leah all night or this morning until I reached out about something random to start a conversation. Leah and I have become especially close. She's one of my best friends that we text daily. She never addressed or even brought up what occurred the night before. And we've continued to talk as normal, which seems really weird. My question, what do I do now, if anything? I've been in some seriously awful, verbally abusive relationships, but nothing compares to how Fred acted. I told my boyfriend I would have dumped him on the spot if he ever talked to me like that. I'm worried Leah's in an abusive relationship with Fred. We're attending their wedding next September, and my boyfriend has been friends with Fred since they were kids and can't fully grasp what happened. I don't want to insert myself into their relationship or make things more awkward, but I think I'll always feel uncomfortable around Fred now, who we see fairly often. Can't even talk about it more with Matt because I know him the least, and we've only met twice. He lives out of state. Thoughts, suggestions? Thank you for all your sage wisdom. I, so no one was talking and then that happened you all screamed and that's when he took it out on everyone this is not the yeah. first per- this is not the first time we've heard a guy does something fucked up and then he only apologizes to the guy not the girl you cannot save her 
you cannot save your friend. Let's say this was a one-off. He just sounds like a weird guy. Cause again, like most of us are with men that like never would freak out like that. Never would lose your cool or immediately would be like, Oh my God, you guys, I'm so sorry. You cannot save your friend. She is choosing to stay with this person that didn't bother her. There's nothing you can do. You might just have to not see them as much. And you can also say to her, be like, I love you so much. Like that was so uncomfortable. If you want to talk, like maybe give her, she may not know it's abusive. You can always broach it to her. But what you're wanting is this guy to be like, I'm so sorry, that was a fluke thing. And that's not what you're going to get. All you can do is limit the amount of time you spend with him. It's so tough. I love that Matt like hung back, like, oh my God, let's talk about what happened. Like, I love Matt. It's tough. But I think, I don't know that you can extrapolate this one like incident into saying she might be in an abusive relationship, but I think he was embarrassed, number one, startled, scared. That doesn't make his reaction, okay, he should have apologized to everyone, but I think he was sullen and embarrassed. He could have been, but he had no problem apologizing to the guy. You could, because I feel like you have to see him a lot because you're BFF with Leah now. You could. her therapy, the guys are BFFs. You, uh, yeah, it seems like everybody's cool with it and you're just like this weirdo that's not, which I, I understand why you're freaked out. You could also, the next time you see him, be like, hey, dude, be like, are you cool? Like, that was really scary and you really scared me. Like, give him a chance to be like, I do want to apologize. And I think the way he handles that, like, you're looking for some sort of closure, but you should not be nervous and being like, that was really scary. And I was kind of hurt that you apologized to him and you ignored the rest of us. So say something. Yeah. Maybe, maybe instead of make sure it's not accusatory, but more like, gosh, I can't, I'm still thinking about that. I was pretty shaken up. That was crazy. Huh? Like rather than, Hey man, what's your problem? No. Yeah. I'd say it like that, but he might be like, yeah, it was crazy. You guys were annoying. And then you just, (laughs) well, and then you have your answer. Got your answer and then with many kids, you might just have to learn to steer clear of your friend's husband who you don't really need to be friends with. Like you don't need to be friends with your boyfriend's friends. You don't need, like you can be cordial, but you again have to decide like what's more important, your comfort or his comfort. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We had a group of friends. There was this kid that we were friends with who was always slimy. I will never forget this. And we were in our twenties and he, I think had a crush on me freaked out at me, like at a bar, screamed at me. And my all my friends were fine with it. Everybody saw him do it. Ugh. And to this day, like I want to bring up to the one friend that I'm still friends with, be like, why were you okay with that? But like, she was spineless and everyone just was like, that's just how he is. And I just like kind of never spoke to that person again. And if I saw him, yeah. I'd just be like, I would just kind of like raise an eyebrow. If I ever saw this person, I'd be like, that's who you are. Like, no matter how much I don't like someone, I've never just like lost my shit on someone that did nothing wrong. So it's indicative of an insecurity, of a mental issue, of something crazy because regular people, you don't do that. And if you do, you're so embarrassed after that you would say something. I would maybe fully scream. I'm just saying male insecurity and male embarrassment is one of the most dangerous. Insecurity is so disgusting in anyone. It's why girls act the way they do and why... You know, guys fucking do awful things to women, but insecurity and embarrassment in men rears its head in particularly ugly ways. Most things in our society that are like anger toward women are based in male insecurity and embarrassment. Well, that's why the the response in the car is less the problem, although it's not great. People handle 
surprise accidents differently, but it's the fact that he didn't apologize after when he was of his right mind. Right. And you know what? The next time you hang out and he's like, hey, I'm going out to grab a beard. You guys want one thing? You'd be like, I'm still waiting for you to apologize for freaking out at me. You know, it's just, it's all, again, it's all about how uncomfortable are you willing to make this person? Kick it. Long time listener, first time asker, big time fan. I have a friend, we'll call her Kay. We are both 24 female and have been friends since we started high school. Kay was dating a man for four years. We'll call him Jay. They dated up until last Thanksgiving where Jay hurt Kay real bad. I was with Kay and her family that day until Jay came to pick up Kay. I stayed back. A few hours later, her family received a phone call from the hospital saying Kay (gasps) was in critical care. Jesus. This accident even caused Kay long-term disabilities on her body. A few weeks ago, I noticed Kay's phone on the table and saw pictures of Jay that Jay sent Kay through text. I had suspicions about Kay talking to Jay again from her being sketchy and making up what felt like was lies. I asked Kay about it and told her... I am here for anything she needs and that I do not approve or think it's a good idea, but Kay always just smiles while saying no and then brushes it off. Oh. For background, Jay was very aggressive and abusive in the past to Kay. He once locked yeah. her and I out of her own house while he wrecked everything in it, not to mention he's a cheater. My question is, should I tell her family or what should yes. I do to help her? I know it's her life and I'll be there for her no matter what, but nope. I can't not do anything like before. Thank you for listening. Sorry, as long, la, 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 love the pod XO. Your friend's a fucking idiot. And you, if that wasn't her rock bottom being in critical care, like where do you get off putting your hands on another fucking person? Your friend's an idiot and she has battered wife syndrome. You definitely, 100%, if this is your close friend, tell the family and hopefully they care enough to interject. And you might need to just recuse yourself from that friendship. What are you going to do? Like sit there while she like makes googly eyes over this guy and like talks to you about him and lies to you? I love you. I've told your family I'm here for this intervention, but I cannot be a part. I cannot be your friend while this is happening mm-hmm. because you need help. And yeah. if you want to get help, I'll be with you, but I can't be your friend if you're choosing him. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. You don't need to be her. Being a real friend right now is going to be what hurts her. Well, Being and a real is friend is not that is above. Your pay grade, our yeah. pay grade, and your, the yeah, question yeah, asker, yeah. like, look up domestic violence resources if you feel comfortable giving her a link or a thing. But this is a, you, everybody needs to be careful with how they insert themselves into this situation. Definitely tell the parents if they care at all, if, like, this is a hands-on family, and they should be the mm-hmm. ones to take the reins. You are a friend. You are not blood at the end of the day. But mm-hmm. you you can't sit by and be like, yeah, let me hear more about this guy. Oh, are you lying to me again? So fun. Yeah. Hopefully she'll thank you for it one day. Woof. God, that's so gross. Yeah. Woof. Question about writing. Longtime listener, first time question asker. I would love to know how you decided to begin writing books. What is your process? Did you have interest from a literary agent or publisher in advance or jump in cold and sell on the back end? How do you stay focused to get it done? Sorry, that is a crap ton of questions from a oh, big fan in Atlanta, Decatur, actually, but no one knows what that is. I do. I do. Thanks and y'all Ludacris. for all the hard work. Ludacris thinks about it. <laughs> Especially during the pandemic, it wasn't as greatly appreciated. Christy Pretty. Christy Pretty. Look, um, look, um, a lot. There's different kinds of books. A lot of times celebrities do like biographies or like tell-alls because there is interest or someone's like, hey, we'll give you millions of dollars for this. In this case, nobody said that. Um, I had a book in me. 
girl logic. I really wanted to talk to girls in a literary sense with a book. You don't have to have like a punchline every couple seconds. So I wrote girl logic, which was a difficult thing to write because, you know, we had, you know, you had a thesis and you kind of had to stick to it. But I knew, I just enjoy writing and I knew that there were things that I wanted to say that didn't necessarily need to be in stand-up and there were things that I wanted to, vulnerabilities I wanted to bear and lists I wanted to make and stories I wanted to tell that don't really lend themselves to stand-up. So I just started writing. I think that's the things everybody thinks it has to be perfect or you have to have the beginning, middle, and end. Sometimes you can just start writing or if you have a short, a story you want to tell and it kind of, it was, Noah read it from, he proofread it and he came up with the, was like, why don't you call it all things? I remember met Noah. He's gone. Did, did you come up with the name? You, you were the one that was like, you should do the indentions. That's what it was. Like, I'm trying to, somebody asked about like writing this book and how it started. And I remembered in the book, we have the story about taking mushrooms and the January 6th and all that. And so I wrote it as an essay. Yeah. You were kind of, you know, figuring out whether there was a book in there and you're going back and forth with your publisher about it. And I remember just kind of the way that you were writing, you had all these kind of asides you wanted to get into. That's what it was. And so for me, it was just like, make it not a bug, make it a feature, make it a function of the book versus a, a flaw. Yeah. And it wasn't with my publisher. I hadn't told it to anyone. And so all the asides, the intentions, and then I said, let me call the book All Things Aside. And I will just write a bunch of stories with my asides which is a really cute idea. So that was his thought and then my name. And then I sent the two sample chapters to my, and like a little blurb about what the book would be. And I sent it to my agent and I was like, can we sell this? And she was like, I'm on it. And then it went to auction and we just did it. So that the way it works is if you have an idea, you write out a sample chapter or something and then sort of what you think the book will be, sort of like a mini outline, Send it to your agent. Your agent goes out to various publishers. Well, people what about bid. pre-agent? Because that's having an agent. For your first book, yeah. was it? That's uh, I had an agent, so that's the best. And I will tell right. you, my first agent, like, ate shit and I fired them. Like, they just, <laughs> like, didn't do their job. It's hard. You got to read a whole thing. Um, you got to find an agent that believes in you. Some agents don't take open submissions. Some do. I don't know if you just have, like, a story that you want to write. I don't know how to do that. But I know getting a literary agent. I would have a sample of your writing and send it out. Mm-hmm. Some people take submissions, some don't. That's my answer. And sometimes I just want to write. Sometimes I just write stuff. I'll just open a document on my computer and just write something to get it out. It's just about being an artist. Like not everything is stand-up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a, that's a thought. Sometimes it's a paragraph. Sometimes it's a couple jokes that I don't ever use. Sometimes you just got to get stuff out, which is why I always advocate for people like write a letter, write it to yourself. Like, Physically getting it out sometimes is powerful and, you know, it doesn't need to go beyond that. Yeah. Okay, top of the cob. Just a top with a cob. You're doing it right every day. You just take a bite, top of the cob. Okay, I'm going to start with my bottom because it is fucked up. Okay. Oh, boy. My mother-in-law was here the other day and she is helping another relative find insurance. This relative... uh currently doesn't have a job and has serious medical issues and needs serious insurance. And she called whatever it is, like something, some cal- some number on Google uh-huh. for like California insurance, like a government number. And, and I wasn't really in the room for it, but they had a bad connection. So they called her back and she put him on speaker. And this person, it was so nice. 
And she starts reading. She's like, you know, I'm here at California Health and we want to get you the best plan. You know, and she's like, I pay 600 now. And they're like, well, we can do. And she starts listing. She like, they, she goes through everything. She tells them everything about this relative, all the conditions about this relative, all the medicines. This is like a half hour phone call. All the mm-hmm. medicines they take, any recent procedures. This person was like, I have a plan for you. And she reads off the plan. And the insurance was incredible. I was like, can I get this? It was like, you have dental, $50 copay, this, no copay, uh, you know, vision, no copay. Like this incredible detailed plan, like up to X amount ambulance, this covered this, like, and it's only going to cost like $485 a month. It was this incredible plan. And the woman was like, my mother-in-law was like crying. She was like, you have no idea what this person's been through. This is so incredible. And this person was like, I'm just here to help. I'm so glad. Um, Filled out everything, sent us a link and something, she said something Like they asked for a credit card. And my mother-in-law was like, I don't know. Something doesn't feel right. And I'm looking at this thing now. Keep in mind, I don't know how this conversation started, but I'm like, you called like Blue Cross or something. You called like a real number. And there's a link that they sent, you know? And they're like, we just need the credit card. I'm like, what's the name of this program? And they're like, it's through Cigna. I go, but what's it called? Like if I went to the doctor, I would say I have whatever, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, if I wanted to Google this program, how would I Google it? And the woman just kind of paused and she goes, you would just Google like top 25 medical, prov-. like it was like a weird answer. Like if it's Blue Cross, you're like, you go to the bluecross.net website and you enter your, you know, and they sent an ID number and they're like, as we're talking, she's like, oh, and look at this. Your relative's already been approved. What government entity works that fast? So we're like, uh, and we're like, what did you say it was called again? And they're answering. They're like, we just need, she was like, I'm not putting, I'm not like, she was like, I've been doing this for many years. Like this woman was so sweet. She was like, I'm not going to charge anything. She was like, you don't even, I was, she's like, I won't even put down the full name. So the credit card doesn't match. Like we just need to get that. And when I started asking questions, she was like, hold on one second. And she does this thing. And then it's a guy and he's like, hi, um, you were just on with my associate. So I just wanted to answer your questions. And I go, so tell me what's the name of the program. And he goes, whoa, whoa, relax. And I was like, that's a scam. You don't, Fucking, you would never say relax. No. And I go, fuck you. And I hung up the phone for her. There's tears in her eyes because she's thinking, oh my God, this relative who has been, has had like multiple strokes, has like been through horrible things, is going to get the care they need. And this person had her on the phone for a half hour getting all of this fake information that they don't need just to gear you up for the credit card. Then they tech, they call back. It's a different person now. And the way they talk, like it doesn't sound professional. It sounds like a scammer trying to act professional. And they were like, where'd you, they go, this person picks up. I go, what? And they go, you need to have more respect. And (gasps) I like, I was like, fuck you. I hang up, they text her. And this person goes, that's really rude because all I'm trying to do is help you. And I just put, I was like, you are what's fucking wrong with this country. I hope you guys fucking burn. I'm taking this whole conversation. I'm putting it on Reddit so that people will know that just just so people will know like these scam, like your phone number, your names, everything. Now Reddit can fucking go to hell too for all I care. But, and then I block them. I'm like, you don't get to try to scam my mother-in-law and then scare me. So (sighs) what I guess had happened was there are scammers. And so this is a note to everybody out there that pay to be a promoted search. So wherever you live, if you're like insurance, 
and you see it right there. It's like California healthcare, whatever. It looks official. They had a full website, full link capability. Listen to her rattle off all this stuff. And it sounded so real. And then the, what, what should have tipped her off was when they were like, let me call you back. When have you ever needed something from our government? They're like, I'll call you right back. And they did. So just be I, aware. I actually, Scott and I were talking about this the other day that now if you Google something, like if you want to buy a gift card or something, the, the first couple of results, yeah. results are promoted ads. So we're so now we're, we just go to like the direct website and then go from there, which is so much more like... It's just crazy how they're always adapting. That That is so horrible. Did you Google the phone number to see if anyone else was talking about it? I didn't because I, mean, I you guess knew it was a scam. I, and also like, I, that's not going to happen to me, but <clears throat> your parents, older people, you know, and you see the number, it's Miami, Florida. And you're like, why is this not an 800 number? And then I just, their audacity to come back and be like, you need to have more respect. Fuck you. I hope you get rectal cancer in your fucking throat. Yeah, like drop the ax, move on to the next person you're trying to scam. Like to, to even put in the effort to go after, it's just horrible. So I hope I ruin their day. <laughs> I hope so. And uh, that was the bottom of the cop. And I was, it's less about that and just how hopeful she was that this person was going to get help and how they were like, I just want to help. I'm so glad I'm going to help you. Like that is such, I don't care what your, how shitty your fucking life is that you wake up and you go to work because it's like, oh, it's them or me. I wonder if that person thinks they have real insurance, like people who sell like MLM stuff where they think they're helping another woman set up a business. Like maybe they do give no. you some weird garbage thing, nothing like what was maybe. talked about. Maybe, but then pull your head out of your fucking ass. Yeah. Like I appreciate yeah. that like you might be living paycheck to paycheck or below the poverty line, but if you think your troubles are so much... Your life is so much more important and your troubles and your bills are more important and you don't know these people that you're fucking over. I hope you go to hell. Like, I hope that woman fucking gets in a horrific car accident and then I hope she has no insurance to cover it. Fuck her and fuck him and fuck them. Come from my family. I come eat your face. My my bottom of the cup. Okay, it's made about uh, your cat. One of my cats lost a toenail. In their no, everybody's got their toenails. Um, no, my garbage disposal is broken, which just points it. So now somebody has to come fix it. I think it's to be like five hundred dollars. It needs Ooh. a full new one, and it's just. I was thinking about the fact that like you you buy a house again. I know this is like not like brag brag. I have a house, but you buy a house. It's one of the only things where you buy. You're like parts of it are broken, and you just have to deal yes. with. It. Like there's a list of things you get a house. You're like, oh, I have a list of things I need to fix at some point. All my toilets are broken. The garbage yep. disposal is broken. Like, why I bought something that's broken? How is that allowed? Yep. Caveat emptor. Uh, it's, it's a total so suckle. Yep. My what's it, you do your top of the cup. My top of the cob is, uh, I was reading this interesting thing about, I was, you know, I, I beat God of War Ragnarok. Again, I'm bragging. Um, but I was reading that these games now, they they hire people to help with like accessibility stuff. And this is like a very open world, like immersive, like you're running around, you're like a the God, you're fighting other gods. And they hired like this team so that they could make it accessible to blind people and people with other disabilities. And so now like you can play like these massive open world games even without seeing like without needing anyone else to help you because it either reads what's going on to you you can remap the buttons I was like oh that's so crazy so there's a whole section of menu items within God of War Ragnarok where you can set it up to play like how you need to be able to play it 
for whatever is making playing video games harder. I was like, oh, that's, I would never have known about this if I didn't happen upon some article. That's cool. Yeah, because you know what they realize? Blind people's money, still green. Still, still worth green. just as much <laughs> as your money. <laughs> it is. And I just, so the, the top is like these technological advancements, these things that are happening that you don't even necessarily know about. And they're just like all these little things happening all the time. Okay. You know what my top of the cop is? I'll just say this. Really good champagne. And I know that that is like fucking that, but all too often you buy mediocre champagne and mediocre orange juice and together they're even worse when you make a mimosa. Or if you buy great champagne, you're ruining it with orange juice. If you buy great orange juice, you're ruining it with mediocre champagne. I'm not a mimosa fan, but uh, recently we were gifted a bottle of Dom Perignon. And it's like kind of a funny thing because it's so ceremonial. It's so fancy. We drank it. Oftentimes you drink champagne and you have a sugar headache or like your mouth feels kind of gross. It is nice to drink elegant champagne and you just feel a little uplifted and bubbly and then immediately have to go to sleep. But it's nice to drink the best version of the thing that's often imitated. It's nice to eat the best version of the thing and be like, oh, this is what they're talking about. So good champagne makes you realize that you can handle champagne. I was playing Trivial Pursuit with my parents, uh, like an old version. And there was some question. The answer was, how do you say it? Vuvclico. And I got that right. And my parents were like, how did you know that? And I was like, oh, because I used to work with Eliza. So I know champagne names. I just know the widow Clico. I just know fancy things. Isn't that right? Oh, I have one more bottom of the cob. It's very tiny. Yeah. There is a store here in LA called Rolling Green. It's, um, It's like a mini nursery and they do a lot of gorgeous uh, like garden decor, indoor decor. Like it's like a plant store, but you can buy like really nice decorations there. And I went to go get something. I went to go get a candle. Actually, that's my bottom of the cob. (laughs) Uh, I have a middle of the cob. I have a middle of the cob, which leads to a bottom. And the middle is several weeks ago, I was with my mother-in-law at Rolling Green. We saw a beautiful candle. It was this big, huge pink candle. And I was like, that would look so nice on on my dining room table. Fast forward to Christmas day, she came over, even though Noah had COVID and she brought presents and she bought that candle for me, which was so sweet. It was so expensive. (laughs) Love it. So I'm so excited. So I'm sitting there later that night by myself and I light the candle and the flame is like five inches high because the wick (laughs) is like a full inch thick. And I'm like, okay, that's a little bright. And I'm like, you know, I think this might be an outdoor candle. And my mother-in-law, I guess she came over earlier. She was like, no, it's indoors. And I'm thinking back, I'm like, they did show it on an outdoor table. She's like, no, it's an indoor candle. So everybody leaves. I'm doing some writing at the table. And I look up and my entire kitchen and dining room is filled with smoke because I've been (laughs) burning like an innkeeper's like lamp (laughs) this whole time. So my beautiful candle is an outdoor candle. So we'll move it out there. And I went to Rolling Green uh, because at the time a friend saw my candle. She wanted to get it. This before we knew it was an outdoor candle. Okay, as I'm telling the story. Anyways, the point is they had a little glass like orb sitting at the cash register and in the orb was like beautiful rocks and moss and a candle. It was like a little world, like a little terrarium. And I thought, mm. that's so cute. I want to do that. So I bought that glass orb and the rocks and a like little mushroom thing. And I put some, Jody got me a bunch of tiny hedgehogs and I made like a little world. I stuck a oh. candle in there. And I looked at it the next day and the candle, it had heated up and it cracked the glass. So now I got to go back to Rolling Green without a receipt and be like, you guys showed this on display with a candle and your glass can't handle it. 
How do we rectify this? So it's it's a bummer. <laughs> they showed it because they do things perfectly. And I'm this like hobbled homemaker that's like, me too. I want to make a little world too. Oops, I cracked my glass. <laughs> They're not giving you that money back. They're going to be like, it was a decoration. You should have used a different candle, you dumb hooker. So the moral of the story is live soft. Don't do anything. Folks. <laughs> If it's January 11th, that means that you can come see me coming up here uh, February, beginning of February in Australia. And then we got some gigs. Hey, North Dakota, I'm coming to see you at Four Bears Casino, February 18th. Ooh. Yeah, and then I got another casino in Northern California on the 25th. Um, but you don't need to know that unless you live in the area, in which case you'll know about it. And you can come see me in Las Vegas, March at The Win, my new home, March 10th and 11th, plenty of other dates. Of course, there was the Florida only tour in March. Tickets at Eliza.com slash tour. And until then, remember, Emily. Mm. Keep listening. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I love my cat, Tiger. And as my best friend, we speak our own language. With that, you love your litter. He does, because I use Fresh Step Outstretch Litter. It absorbs 50% more waste and odor and requires less changing compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Less changing means more time playing. <laughs> right, Tiger? That's a yes. Find Fresh Step Outstretch Cat Litter in the pet aisle. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates.